0: You might not recognize me with my glasses on or a shirt on, but um, Sophie said that I had to look smart, so that at least if I didn't say anything smart, you couldn't question how I look. Um, there it is. We clicker. Happy days. Um, I'm not sure what your favorite movie is, or your favorite franchise, or anything like that. For me, it's very difficult. I'm a massive Star Wars fan, but I'm also a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Um, But I was trying to think of an introductory story to sort of tie in the relevance of keeping good company, and I thought Lord of the Rings fitted in pretty well. Um, Now, I asked my senior EBR boys on Friday night how many of them had seen Lord of the Rings, and I was shocked and appalled that out of about 15 of them, only two of them um, had had seen it. So I said that we're not doing anything more spiritual the rest of the year, and we're just going to take time out and watch Lord of the Rings. So, um... (coughs) No, but those, for, those of you who are unfamiliar with the story of Lord of the Rings, set in Middle-earth, and it's about a quest to destroy a ring by um, Frodo Baggins, who is a hobbit, um, and along with others, they form this fellowship, and they take on this great journey, this great quest um, to destroy the ring. Um, and Frodo's not alone in that journey. He is supported by many people, um, some good, some bad, and some characters that it's quite hard to tell. And as we journey with Frodo through these three books, or these three movies, we see a narrative of how his decisions are influenced by the people that he's with at the time. In The Fellowship of the Ring, he has eight other companions who set out with him, um, and they suffer loss, but they still show resilience um, as he presses on in his journey. But in The Two Towers... He sees his friendship with Sam, or with Sam tested um, as we're introduced to the character Gollum. Um, and then in Return of the King, we see his resolve tested even further as he carries that burden of the ring and there's conflict between him, Gollum, and uh, just his decisions. And the reason why I think that's relevant today, and the reason why I'm sharing about Lord of the Rings, is because in our own lives, we're on a journey. Um, We make plans all the time and we're trying to do different things, achieve different things. Um, And there's evil forces out there as as Christians that um, fight against us and try and corrupt us and lead us astray. Um, And the company that we hold, the people that we have around us, is a massive impact on how we make our decisions and what we talk about, um, what we do, where we go, um, and all of these things. Um, really impact us, um, and our friends have more impact on us than what we actually realize. Um, And sometimes, just like Frodo, sometimes the company that we keep might not inherently be bad or dangerous on the outside, but the Bible over and over again says that if you get this wrong, if you hang around with the wrong people, if they influence your life, then you know that you can be on a path headed for destruction, um, and you're not going to like it. And so today, whenever we look at the Bible here, we're going to understand what good company is, what it looks like, uh, what traits we or our friends should have, um, and then how can we cultivate that, how can we grow as Christians and build and sustain each other through a good biblical community. Uh, so before we do that, I'm just going to pray just to um, start it up. Father, I just thank you for today, I just thank you for um, the topic that you've laid um, ahead of us, um, I just pray that you open up our hearts, um, just settle us, um, and that something that you have um, spoke through me will will impact people, um, and that we can uh, go out and, and serve you even greater um, with more passion. Amen. <clears throat> I'm just going to take a drink because we a a bit of a cold. So we're in the series "Character Under Construction," and this is probably the topic out of the whole series that has the most profound effect on character. Not necessarily in generating character, um, but this topic has the power to either destroy it or encourage it. Um, There's a famous phrase, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Basically, the phrase means, in short, the people that you spend most time with will determine who you are. Not only will you start thinking like them, uh, but your mannerisms and your behavior will start to mirror theirs. Have you ever noticed how um, you start to say the same phrases as your friend, um, or you come back with the same accent as your friend, or um, just different wee things that you pick up from from the friends that you hang around? And basically that saying emphasizes the importance of taking responsibility for our choices, because we have the power to choose who our friends are, we have the power to choose who we allow into our lives, um, and therefore we're responsible for those consequences also. This might sound familiar, um, because King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, and associate with fools, and get into trouble. Now some of you might remember Jack from a few years ago, um, and rumor has it that he actually read this verse, um, and then started to hang out with Luke and I more often. um, And you all know how Jack is now, so that (laughs) that verse is true. The opposite could be said, however, for Samson. Um, he allowed Delilah in, he kept the company of fools, um, and it brought about destruction and ruin in his life. Um, for ourselves, if we look at our own friends or people we know, you don't have to go too far to find someone who fell into the wrong crowd, and we know how things play out. Now, I would like to show hands here, just because I thought this was quite interesting, or could be interesting. Um, who thinks... Good character or good company is more important. So, good character, hands up. Good character is more important. And um, people who think good company is more important. That's maybe the results I was looking. So, uh, whenever I was thinking about that, I was thinking good character is more important. But the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 33 say, Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts Good character. Obviously there's a fine line between it, but today we're looking at at good company, so I'll I'll go with that. Um, We're thinking about character under construction in this series, and Paul is literally saying here, don't be deceived, don't be fooled. Who you spend your time with is more important than your character, because no matter what home or values you come from, no matter what way you're brought up, bad company over time will corrupt that good character if it doesn't stand. Who you run with determines the direction that you run. If you build good character, we need the community around us to be like-minded. And if we don't get this right, it will hinder your ability to keep running. It's the reasons why so many Christians go out with a bang or have this season in their life where they're like, I'm all on fire for Jesus, and I'll never walk away, and this is me. Um, And then something happens, and slowly they begin to drift away from their faith. And they don't even know if they believe in God anymore, um, and they've fallen so far away. It's the reason why so many people claim to be Christians but don't actually look any different from the world around us. Um, And they give a bad name to Christ. Bad company corrupts good character. If you pause to think right now who is in your close inner circle of friends, who do you have around you right now? Um, Who's speaking into your life right now? I just want to ask a few questions and you can just think about it. Do you surround yourself with people who encourage you to go to good places or places of temptation? Are they quick to slander others or build others up? Are they more focused on making money, um, how they look, their social media profile? Or are they more involved in their family, in serving, in helping others? Are they overcritical of things or um, of people or always grateful when they have um, next to nothing? Depending on what you answered there, you might find yourself drawn to the same behavior because friendships are that powerful. Um, And As Christians, we're called to live in the light, and that can be more difficult to do it by ourselves when we're in the wrong group. But what does good company look like as Christians? When we look at this topic today, it's important to keep two things in mind. One, that we should be good company for others, but also that we need friends to be good company for us. Um, As a church and as people, We should live authentically in relationships with people committed to Christ. By authentically, I mean being honest, telling the truth, supporting each other, keeping your conversations honoring to God. Your friends know the ins and outs of everything that's happening in your life, um, to know whether you're living or not living according to to God. There should be no secrets. Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 13 say, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Basically, make sure you don't allow sin to fester, to grow until it hardens your heart away from God. And the way that we prevent that is, you must encourage and call out each other every day, (coughs) call each other out every day, while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. We need to have relationships with other people in our lives where we're open to calling each other out when we're going wrong, challenging us um, the way that we're living, but also encouraging us. James five sixteen says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. Good company looks like people who regularly meet together and confess. They take it seriously and they don't laugh. At each other, whenever someone has a downfall or someone is struggling with something, or compare each other um, to themselves, but they sit there, they listen, they pray, and they encourage each other in that, and they hold each other accountable. Ephesians 4, verse 25 says, Stop telling lies, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. This means being honest not managing information or only telling bits and pieces of the story. Um, it's being specific about where you're at, or where you're having a tough time. It's living authentically with others who you can be open to. And the Bible says that this is the mark of our lives, is how we live. Living authentically only comes when we realize the true importance of what we're living for. When we die to ourselves, we let God shape us and mold us, and we realize that we are all part of the same body working together. John 13, 35 says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking about yourself less. Now, we live in the days of social media, uh, which can be difficult to navigate, but we post everything for everyone to see. um, what What food you eat, Uh, what new shoes you bought, what holiday you're away on, uh, what gym workout you've just completed, um, or where you're heading that day. We post everything, and we have become amazing as people in managing people's perceptions of us. Uh, Our Instagrams are always filled with the best pictures or the best memories. Um, For one such example, uh, it was our first Christmas this year. um, So, this is what Sophie shared at Christmas time. Um, there's a few lovely photos of us and Hugo at the Christmas tree, and then Zara opening one of her Christmas presents. Um, <clears throat> it all looks perfect. Um, but what you don't see in those photos is that whole time. This is what we were <laughs> challenged by. <clears throat> um, Zara was tired, um, and we were late for church. We we're trying to get a nice photo in front of the Korean Christmas Day. But that's what you don't see. Um, But what you do see is... I'll flick back to the nice pictures. Um, But that's what you do see. The lovely side of Christmas um, and raising a family. But I think social media has invaded that part of our lives in our personal relationships too. We only tell our our friends bits and pieces or um, not what's really going on. And we end up having these superficial relationships. How many times, even this morning, have someone said, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine i am grand, or like I'm really stressed or whatever, but yeah, no, I'll be fine. Um, we don't allow people in. and um, We say just what we think people want to hear. Um, we're trying to please people, so we only allow them to see a version that we think we want, um, which actually means that we end up being alone. We don't have um, these real authentic relationships that we're meant to. And when we're alone and when we're vulnerable, it says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to to devour. When we are alone and when we're hurting, when we're vulnerable, when we don't have those people around us, who is there to lift us up? It it can be easier said than done that we should do that ourselves, but sometimes we need others around us. And Ephesians 4.25, which we've looked at, says, We should tell each other the truth because we are all in one the same. Only when our friends know the truth can they begin to speak truth and love into our lives and only when we let them. The sad reality is that some of us might never experience that authentic friendship because we don't surround ourselves with the right people or we don't let people in. Good company is living authentically in relationships with people committed to Christ. So what do the right people look like? Here's what the right people look like in your life. People who are committed to Christ are going to have these qualities because they're committed to God's Word, the Bible, and living in line with it. They say seven is the perfect number, so I have seven verses for the perfect friend. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so your friends will be an encouragement to those who hear them. True friends speak truth in love. Our words are a powerful thing. They stand out from others by their speech. They encourage, but also keep us accountable in a loving way. They encourage you when you're exhausted or need picked up. Romans twelve fifteen says, Be happy with those who are happy and mourn with those who mourn. They come alongside you when it's hard, when things are tough when when you're there and when you're there in a dark place, but they also celebrate the wins for you. Uh, things that are going right. Today is is an example of that where we're here at church, but this afternoon we've got a funeral. Um, Be happy with those who are happy and mourn with those who mourn. Colossians 3, verse 16 says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Their advice and opinions are based on God's truth from His Word, not what Oprah says or Ellen or, you know, Jeremy Kyle or anything like that. They encourage you from God's Word. We need to know our Bible, and we need to know the verses to help in different times, and that can only come by teaching each other and also our individual study. Proverbs 27, verse 6 says, "'Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses of an enemy.'" Good friends aren't afraid to tell the truth, even if it's going to wound you. And uh, if it's something that's going to protect you, something that you might not see in your life, um, they're willing to call it out um, and help and instruct you quietly on that. And then, in truth and love, you will have the chance to grow and develop in that. Acts 2, verse 45 says, They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They're generous towards you, and when you're in a hard place financially or uh, you're unable to cook dinners, they help you out. They do things for you to help ease the load you might be carrying. A great example of that is when Zara was born um, and we got home and, you know, things are chaotic. People in church provided us with meals, um, and that was a massive help. Um, and it seems like such a, such a simple thing, but it makes a massive difference. Colossians 3, verse 13 says, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgive you, so you must forgive others. They forgive you if they hurt you, or if you hurt them, sorry. They don't hold grudges. They work through the pain, they work through the hurt and the conflict of where you might have offended them. Everyone makes mistakes in the end, and the most important thing is that God forgives our mistakes, so we must forgive others. Proverbs 27 17 says as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend basically this verse um, sums up all the rest they encourage you they challenge you they debate things with you they call you out they pray for you um, they do everything to spur you on in your journey with Christ and this is where we should strive to be and this is who we should strive to be and this is the people that we should have in our lives And unfortunately, the other side of that is true, that you might be looking at this list and thinking about your inner close friends and thinking, I don't have them. That's not what I have. Um, And sometimes the hardest thing that we might have to do here is to distance ourselves from some relationships or friendships, particularly if this is your inner circle. Just like in gardening, in order for the plant to grow better, you have to prune away certain areas, uh, to remove the bad parts um, so that the whole plant can grow healthily. And for your life to flourish, sacrifices might need to be made. You might have to tell them that you're, where they're leading you isn't healthy um, and that you can't continue doing that, or how they're talking is dragging you down. And the Bible says that we need to walk with the right people. We need to walk authentically um, and have those relationships there, and we need to prioritize them. If we're serious about prioritizing our relationships, creating a small community around you is extremely important. Uh, one that you can grow in, one that you can encourage each other um, as we wait on the Lord's return. Um, and I wanted to give some practical advice, advice or help or ideas um, as to how we might do that. Um, and we'll get into that in a wee bit. But Hebrews 10, 24, 25 Oh, sorry, actually. Um, great community isn't found, it's forged. Um, so, how do we forge a good community? Hebrews 10 25, 24 25 says, Let us think of new ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Paul says that we need to keep meeting together. Some people have already stopped meeting together, and others don't see the importance of it. But we need to meet consistently as Christians, and that's a make or break for us. Whether that's church small groups, whether that's church, community group, mentoring, um, or just meeting up with some close friends to talk through life, um, we need to constantly meet as Christians um, to encourage each other. We need to motivate one another. We need to want to see... We need to want to help our friends. Encourage them in good works. Encourage them to draw closer to God. How are are your daily devotions going? Where can we help someone? Do you need any food? Do you need anything? Um, And just before we move on from that, you've got to think as well, do you have these relationships in your life? Or are you doing that for other people in in your life? Are you helping spur people on in in their faith? And I'm not just talking about every... Once, once a month or every couple of months as we check in but we need to be doing this consistently um, because life changes pretty quickly and from one week to the next a lot of things can happen um, and we need to be in each other's lives and helping each other and if, if not let's start let's start to see the change that we want to see um, and at the end of the day when we get to heaven we have to give an account for how we have lived on earth And although ultimately I'm a failure, I've been saved by God's grace, but when I get to heaven, I don't want to stand before God and say, I'm sorry, I was was too busy playing PlayStation or watching football or too busy working to help someone in need or not to be studying my Bible. Philippians 1 and 21 says, for me, living means for Christ and dying is even better so, may my life bring honor to God, whether I live or die. So practically, I wanted to share a few things. Um, I myself have a community group, and by community group, I mean sort of two or three people as we meet three people as we meet together um, and basically, that came about because of what we 've already talked about uh, we as young men and as husbands. Thought that we need to seek God fully in our lives, and sometimes that's a lot harder to do it by ourselves. And the only way to do that was if we met together. Um, and I just want to share some practical ways that we do it, um, and this might help you if you want to create your own group or have this around you. But either way, it's an encouraging um, thing to think about. Um, it's not the perfect template, um, but if you want, you can adapt it or disregard it. It's not very fancy. <clears throat> So we usually meet up in someone's house or anywhere that you can chat, anywhere you feel you can open up to. Um, We usually meet for like an hour, a couple of hours, Uh, it just depends, but we catch up, general idea of what's been happening in your week, Um, then we might share what we've learned, uh, what's challenged us during the week uh, in your study or if you've heard something, um, whatever that might be. Then we go through struggles of the week, or a couple of weeks, um, major events that have happened. Um, and then, collectively, we counsel and guide each other. And we share encouragement where um, we can. Um, and then, finally, we pray for each other. Um, and we go out again. Basically, that's a simple overview of how we do it. Uh, we do also generally hang out a lot, so it's uh, when we meet up to do this stuff, we're a lot more um, organized to do it. But... It is a place for us to come as three friends, as husbands, um, to meet and to, um, if we're struggling or if we're hurting, that we get advice, that if we're struggling with something, we confess it to our group and we tell them that we're struggling and we need help. Um, and together then, um, as, a, as a group, we encourage each other. And sometimes it would be scary to be open to each other, to confess those sins, Um, But more often than not, the response is often, thank you for being honest, or usually, me too. I've struggled with that too. We're never alone in in what um, we're struggling with. But as we love Jesus and as we love God, we want to work through all of that, and we want to live authentically. Um, And often they respond like Jesus um, in love. And the aim of this model is what we've looked at, Hebrews 3, 12, and 13, uh, James 5 and 16. To confess, to call out, to encourage, and to spur each other on in our walk with God. And some other things you might want to think about, just as we general tips. How often do you meet? It's completely up to you. We do it sort of every two weeks, um, and sometimes, due to busyness, you can't always do that. But that's a challenge to myself and those guys that this is something that we need to prioritize. How long do you meet for? It can be an hour, it can be two, it can be more. But if you're extremely busy um, and meeting an an hour every two weeks is not that hard. If you're serious about um, meeting together as, as a group of friends to do this. If you have a bigger group of people, you can stick timers on how often can you catch up through your week. Because you could often say that I've had a pretty good week and I went out to a restaurant and all this stuff. And then we come to someone else and they're actually really struggling. But I've taken up most of the time telling them about how good the restaurant was. Um, you might want to talk about reasons to miss. So, obviously, this is very important, but sometimes you don't always feel like coming down and express or confessing your sins to your friends because it's very vulnerable and it's not easy. So, you might want to put boundaries on reasons to miss, whether you're too busy or um, different things. And if you don't like the format that we have said, then maybe you want to create a group and you want to read through a, a Bible study book or a book. Um, but the important thing is that we are meeting together as Christians that we're being open and honest, and that we're encouraging each other to live and walk with God daily. So to sort of close and sort of sum up, the greatest relationship and friendship that we will ever have or we can ever forge is the one with Jesus, who looked at us when we were separated by sin and said that he would do anything to uh, to have a relationship with us even death on a cross. And firstly, we need to prioritize that. And only when we do that and when we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, we'll start to see our hearts change and we'll start to mirror through seven verses on the screen of biblical friendship and living. And just to run through them, Ephesians 4 and 29, so that all of our words will be good and helpful, we'll rejoice and mourn with our friends during the times teach and counsel each other daily we'll be sincere and honest in how we live and what we talk about we'll share what we have, possessions food, money, but we'll forgive anyone who offends us Um, but most importantly we'll challenge and encourage each other daily in our walk imagine what our lives would look like if we displayed all these characteristics imagine the community that we could have and equally if we neglect these things if we don't have these friends around us where we might end up like I said, great friendships, great community is not found. It's not just there, but it has to be forged. It, had to be, it has to be created, and that takes time and consistency. Don't neglect to meet together, Hebrews 10.25 says. And just like one wave of the ocean will not erode away the sharp edges of a rock, but wave upon wave will transform that into a smooth pebble. We need to be meeting consistently, again and again, confessing together, praying together, encouraging each other and challenging each other, being open and honest time and time again until our lives look nothing like what they do today. Till our heart and our community is transformed, until the end of times, that is when we do it. And spending time constantly um, with God's Word, talking and thinking about the things of God. That is when we will change our heart. that is when God will, will work through our lives, and that is character under construction um, and it 's all for His glory in everything that we do I'm just going to close our prayer finish.. <coughs> I just thank you for the friends that we have around us. Um, I just thank you for the life that you give um, for everything that you give us that we have um, here in Northern Ireland, and I just thank you. Um, just for your death on the cross that you brought us into relationship with you that we can have relationship with others that we can live in the light and and change the community and the world around us Uh, but I just pray for today I pray that you bless everyone here um, and that something that I've said that you've said through me will work in their lives Um, and I pray that this is something that we can work on as we go together in a series and in this church, Amen